to see you here. A really warm welcome to everyone, uh, both here and online. Look, I, I know this is different. I know this is different. Um, we're, we're not going to be able to, to sing, for example. Um, but rather than singing, I hope this is an opportunity to experience transcendence. Uh, an opportunity to, to, to really revel in the presence of the King as we sing, as the music group here, uh, sing good news. And it's a time to reflect, isn't it? And a time to rejoice in our hearts. Why? Because this evening we celebrate God's gift to the world. And it's a joyful, joyful event in, the spite, in spite of all that we're going through. So we're going to start our carol service this evening by singing a great hymn, Joy to the World. If you're at home, you're allowed to stand up, crank up the volume as you normally do, sing raucously so the neighbors can hear. That's brilliant. For us here, I just ask that you would sit back and, and just reflect on the words of these great traditional carols that praise the great person of Jesus Christ. So without further ado, we're going to begin our carol service by singing, Joy to the World, the Lord Has Come. reading for this evening comes from John's biography of Jesus. And John starts by giving us an overview of God's work in this world, in history. Starting from the beginning, John tells us about someone called the Word, uh, meaning Jesus, uh, who will also be a light. And by light, he means someone who will reveal God to us. So this is from John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, 
Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Emily will now lead us as we sing, O Holy Night.
Christ was born. Oh, Christ, oh, holy night, when Christ was born. Our second reading is from Isaiah. 700 years before Jesus and about a thousand years after Abraham, a prophet called Isaiah wrote about the coming of a Messiah, a man whom God would send to fulfill his promises to Abraham, Adam and Eve. Isaiah also talks about the light, the one who comes to show us who is God. Verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nations and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar that crosses their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We will now continue our singing with the song, Glorious Light.
Our third reading is again from the prophecy of Isaiah about Jesus. It's Isaiah 11, verse 1 to 5. Here he has a vision that describes the kind of kingdom that Jesus will rule over. And just by way of explanation, when he talks about the stump of Jesse, it's another way of talking about Jesus' ancestors who had fallen on hard times. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash round his waist. I'd like to invite Daniel up now to lead us in a time of prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we praise you that as your word says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And yet, Father, what a dark time we are living through. And in so many ways we can feel lost, hopeless, even afraid. But Father, we praise you that you say your light shines in that darkness. And we thank you that Christmas is a time where we can rejoice and reflect on the light of the world that brings hope even in the darkest of times. We praise you for our Lord Jesus. We thank you that he has come that we might know good news that brings us great joy for all people. We thank you that Jesus, and in knowing him and in trusting him, he brings peace and hope and even life to come. We ask that this may be our foundation this Christmas. May this be our rock this Christmas and even our joy this Christmas. We thank you that the light shines so brightly in the darkness. And we praise you in the name of your son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Our fourth reading comes from Luke's account of Jesus' life. 700 years after Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah, Luke tells the story as it happened. He records the account of the virgin birth, which at the same time would have been a big scandal. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. We're now going to sing Silent Night.
from Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples, records how the good news of Christ, the saviour to the world, was born to Mary, Joseph's fiancée. In doing so, he shows how Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecy that promised Emmanuel, God with us. From 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Phil's now going to come up and share some more with us. Well, I wonder whether I can take you back in time uh, to January the 1st, 2020. Uh, I wonder how many of us made New Year's resolutions back then. How did that go for you? What if we could go back to that day, knowing what we know now? What would your New Year's resolution be? What message would you want to give to yourself to carry through this last year? Perhaps it could be a message about how to make money, sell everything, and buy a tiny little internet conference call company called Zoom. (laughs) Perhaps it could be a message about something that seems quite odd. Just do yourself a favor. Pop an extra loo roll in your shopping trolley for the next couple of months. You'll thank yourself later. Perhaps it could be a message telling you to save yourself from grief and do not bother nagging your teenager about revising for their GCSE or A-levels. On the other hand, your, your message might be more poignant. You might want to say, spend as much time with mum as you can. Or learn to appreciate alone time. It might be, get in shape now before you let yourself go. Now, it's fair to say, in thinking about what our message to ourself would be, it shows us what is important to us. And this evening, I want to spend some time looking at these verses that we've just read from Matthew's Gospel, um, because they contain an important message. And it's a message from God that reveals what is important to God. The message was sent to Joseph, and Matthew begins by telling us the story of how it came to him. Matthew records in his account that Joseph was just an ordinary bloke preparing for his big day. He had a trade. He was a carpenter. He was about to marry his loved one, Mary. True, he wasn't going to set the world alight, but he was going to be a somebody in the little community of Nazareth an upstanding citizen contributing to community life. Like us a year ago, little did he know how all that was going to fall apart. Because it did, didn't it? With the news that his fiancée was pregnant. He knew he wasn't the father. Everyone said he'd been betrayed. And in that moment, the dream was over. Everything he thought about Mary was wrong. His world, it seemed, was shattered. Now, we can relate to the stress and indecision and the disruption and the chaos that would have caused him. We can relate to the pain of brokenness just like Joseph felt as the news hit him. And yet, do you know, he still loved Mary. So rather than publicly disgrace her, he decided to call off the engagement quietly. So no harm would come to her in that strict culture. And before that plan was put into action, in the middle of Joseph's pain and chaos, God stepped in and sent an angel who spoke God's words to Joseph. And what God said revealed what was important to God. And yes, it's a message to Joseph, but we're allowed to listen as well. Because it's a message that reveals to us God's heart for Joseph's world and our world, a world in a lot of pain and a lot of brokenness. This is God's message to Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. You see, in the same way that what we would say to ourselves a year ago reveals what's on our hearts this past year, God's message to Joseph reveals God's heart for mankind. He's going to send a savior into this broken world. And I just want to explain three short things 
about what's on God's heart. The first is it's a message of hope. God is coming to save us. The news that Mary's child was conceived by God's Holy Spirit must have been initially confusing because, let's face it, it hadn't happened before. And then reassuring for Joseph because at least it means Mary was not unfaithful. And then amazing because the wider implication begins to sink in. You see, conceived by the Holy Spirit means God gave supernatural life to a cell in Mary's womb and it began to grow like every other baby in the womb does. And this miracle of conception means that the child was to be God incarnate, which means God in human form. God was coming, and he would breathe and live and run and play and laugh and cry just like you and I do. God was not abandoning us in this broken world. God was coming to be one of us. And he had a deliberate purpose in coming. And the the clue to that purpose is in the name Jesus, which means Savior. And just in case uh, Joseph didn't get it, and just in case we don't get it, the angel actually explains it more clearly. He says, because he will save his people from their sins. God's message that the angel sent to Joseph was that God was coming as one of us, to deal with our sins. Now, when, we, when, when God talks about sin, he's talking about an attitude of our hearts that wants to cut God out of our lives. And we all express this in different ways. Some of us simply just reject the idea of God outright. Others of us assume God will like us in spite of the way that we treat him. Others of us ignore God. And we cross our fingers just hoping we've done enough. But however we express this attitude, it's all the same attitude. We want to cut God out of our lives. And you know, that's what Jesus has come to save us from. And when we look at the message here in Matthew's account, it is good news. Because God has sent a savior. That's what's on God's heart. So God's greatest desire is that in spite of the way that we treat him, we can enjoy a relationship with him. How can that happen? How can that be? It's almost echoing Mary's words, isn't it? How can it be? Well, about 30 years after Joseph received God's message, Jesus had grown up. And he began to teach the world about God. And Matthew tells us that very quickly, thousands upon thousands of people started following him everywhere. Mark, in his gospel, records that they didn't have the police patrols and the police uh, uh, the crowd uh, control there. They actually so pressed in, desperate to talk to him, desperate to touch him, that he almost got crushed to death by the crowds. That's how, that's how just desperate everybody were to speak to him. His miracles astonished people. And once he told a raging storm on the Sea of Galilee to quieten down, and it did. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He even raised a dead little girl to life by saying to her, literally just saying to her, little girl, get up. And she did. The life was brought back into her body, her soul was awakened, and the dead little girl obeyed Jesus just like the raging storm obeyed Jesus. Are you getting the picture? And then Matthew says this. His outrageous claim was that he is God. And he could forgive our sin like God could forgive our sin. And Matthew's just writing down everything he sees. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He writes down everything he sees. And it's simply what he sees is this. Jesus behaved like we would expect God to behave if God came to this earth. He was undoing the brokenness of the world around him in a way that had never seen before and has never seen, been seen ever since. And all this happened in the last three years of Jesus' life. Because at the end of them, Jesus was killed 
He was only 33. Amazing. But this is what Jesus said about his death. Let me read it from Matthew again, chapter 17. He said to his disciples, the Son of Man, and that's the title that Jesus used to talk about himself, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day, he will rise again. So when Jesus died, the Bible tells us he died in our place to take God's punishment for our sin. And three days later, Jesus did rise again. And it shows us that he has the power over sin and the power over death and the power to forgive us and the power to give us eternal life. That's what God meant. What was on God's heart when he said, I'm sending a savior into this world. His name is Jesus. And we might ask, why do we need to hear this? Why is it relevant for our time today? Well, do you know, of all the years, if ever we've been exposed as helpless and in need of a saviour from the chaos of this world, then it's this year, isn't it? C.S. Lewis, the the, the Oxford scholar, um, the, the author of the Narnia books, he said this about God's voice. God whispers to us in our pleasures. God whispers to us in our pleasures. Speaks to us in our consciences. But shouts in our pains. Pain is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So today God's message is the same as it was to Joseph. A saviour has been born to us in the middle of our chaotic world. He's come to save us from our sin, to bring us into a relationship with God. And that is what we need more than anything else. A relationship with God means that although we might not have an answer to our questions, we will have an unshakable rock to build our lives upon and a concrete eternity to ground our hope in. We will have forgiveness for our sin, peace with God. No longer are we wanting to cut God out of our lives, but we're welcoming him into them instead. Why? Because God has sent a saviour to us. It's good news. It's good news. So will we listen to this good news? God's message to Joseph says, this is what's on my heart for this broken world. God wants us to have a relationship with him. Will we listen to that invitation? Will we reach out to him this Christmas? And you might be saying, well, how do I do that? Do you know, can I invite you to take a gospel um, uh, that we put out on the chair at the door? It was written by Mark. It's a shorter gospel than Matthew's gospel, um, but it's still as enthralling. It's simply an account of Jesus' life. What he was, who he was rather, and, and what he's come to do. It will take you about an hour to read from cover to cover. And and if you're listening to to this online, then then do email the church office. We'll post one to you happily. Read that, if you will. To read good news today for our time. We also run a group called Christianity Explored. That's where we meet for six Mondays, uh, starting on the 25th of January. That'll be on, on Zoom. Lovely little company it is. And, and, and we, we just meet for an hour or so. We look at the person of Jesus together through the book of Mark. And the question on our, on our minds is simply this. Is Jesus the savior of the world that God promises he is? And you can bring any question you like. But I hope and I pray that you will see for yourself that God's message makes sense. We're asking why in our time. We really are. But God sends who? His name is Jesus. And he will send us, save us from our sin. We can have a relationship through him. As Jesus himself promised. I pray that this Christmas, we will take the time to reach out to God.
We're going to continue with our carols now. A great, great, great traditional carol. Hark the Herald. It's, it's, it, it echoes all that we've read. The angel heralds. That's someone who goes ahead of someone important and says, Oi, someone important is coming. In the same way, the angels do that, don't they? Guys, listen. Listen. Someone important is coming. His name is Jesus. He will save us from our sins. And he has done just that. Let's sing together. Or if you're online, sing with us. Let's listen to the music group sing. Hark the herald angels sing. Western society, the story of Jesus' birth is sometimes considered to be a fairy tale. <clears throat> but fairy tales don't go to great lengths to convince us of history. Here Luke is careful to record times and dates. He wants us to see a saviour who comes into history so that we might know God for ourselves. He is also careful to record the supernatural events of that evening, the joy of the angels, the surprise of the shepherds, and the great announcement of the birth of Jesus, the one promised by God so long ago. So the next reading is from Luke 2, chapter 2, verse 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Colin will now lead us in a modern carol, He Shall Reign Forevermore. The King of Kings and Lord. 
2 uh, verses 1 to 11. Uh, the last reading this evening is about the wise men who traveled from foreign countries to see Jesus. It's the first fulfillment of what God promised Abraham thousands of years before, that all nations would be blessed by him. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so time too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down to him and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Our final carol to close the service is O Come All Ye Faithful.
uh, our plans, obviously, for Christmas have changed, haven't they? Um, many of us are struggling. But our prayer is that the hope, that you've, uh, the, the hope and truth that you've, you've heard today uh, gives you strength if you trust in it and something to reflect on if you're not sure. Do take a, a Mark's Gospel on the way out. You're welcome to take them, welcome to take one for your friends if you feel they need it. Uh, there's a Christianity Explored invite there too. I'm going to finish on um, a great prayer. It's from Numbers in, uh, the, the book of Numbers in the Bible, chapter 6. Let's pray now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Father God, we thank you that peace and truth is found in the person of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, this Christmas day. Lord God, we pray that at this Christmas time we would reflect more and more on the grace and peace that, have been, that has been lavished upon us through him. And may you bless us this Christmas in all the chaos of our world. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you know, you're, you're welcome to join us on Christmas Day at 10.30. Uh, we'll be here again and online. Uh, you're very welcome to come. Uh, just again, housekeeping, if you could stay in your seats and the stewards will, will, will um, invite you uh, to stand and leave out that door. Um, and in spite of it all, um, I do hope you have the happiest of happy Christmases uh, this year. Happy Christmas to everyone.